Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Life of St. Philip Neri by Antonio Galonio, section 16, chapter 190. A sweet odor emitted from his tomb. There was a woman who came from a high-ranking family, but was more endowed with devotion than wealth, and was one of those who regularly came to our church. Soon after the death of Philip, she came to pray at his tomb, and she noticed there a sweet and pleasant odor. She found this wonderfully refreshing and wondered where it came from. There were no flowers there, and nothing else that could produce such a scent. Eventually, she discovered to her astonishment that it came from Philip's body, although it had not been anointed with any perfumes nor embalmed. The scent smelt like the perfume of roses, violets, and similar flowers. The woman who told us this, her name was Julia Orsini, a woman whose longing was for heaven, seemed to be a new Saint Paula because she was so totally dedicated in charity for the poor, receiving them into her care, even at the risk of her own health. She made such spiritual progress, everyone admired her. When she was called home by her bridegroom, she died on the last day of September, 1598. This brief account of her is as much as I can put in this history. Nothing like enough to satisfy me. To conclude, what could this odor of sweetness indicate other than that this was a body that had shunned every sort of corruption and filth while it was alive? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. St. Philip Neri, heart of fire, child of Mary, vessel of the Holy Ghost, Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Tonight's reading gives us a clue as to the kind of people that St. Philip especially loved. Here was Paola, or rather, Julia. You see, Galonio calls her another St. Paola the great friend of St. Jerome who lived in Rome. St. Philip loved those who looked like people in the early church. He loved to be a man of primitive times. St. Philip did not want to imitate the early church in its external characteristics, but he wanted to imitate the early church in its devotion, 
And what is devotion? Devotion is a promptness of the will in the things of God. Promptness of the will in the things of God. Devotion, St. Francis de Sales reminds us, is like the flickering of the flame of charity. Charity is like a flame, but its movement, its dynamism, is devotion. Charity enables us to keep the commandments, but devotion adds to charity a willingness to follow whatever inspirations God says and to keep the commandments with joy promptitude. And St. Philip used to say, put a little devotion in a person and you can leave them to themselves. In other words, St. Philip was not overly concerned about starting with external things. Probably one of Julia's friends is the woman who came to St. Philip and asked him if it was okay for her to wear high heels. And St. Philip said, just be careful that you don't trip over yourself. In other words, St. Philip was not trying to make those who were wealthy appear like they weren't wealthy. He wasn't primarily interested in seeming, but in being. And devotion is something that truly goes into our hearts. It's something we have to pray for. And so this wealthy woman was very close to St. Philip. Why? Well, because she had devotion, but because she also came regularly to church. But even more than that, it's because she loved the poor. When we are judged by Christ at the end of time, what will he say to us? Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. I was hungry and you gave me to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me to drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and in prison and you visited to me. And Christ will say to us, whatever you did, the least of my brethren, you did it to me. You did it to me. And so Julia Orsini did not just love Christ in the Eucharist, she also loved him in the poor. What did Mother Teresa tell her nuns? See the way the priest loves the Eucharist. See how careful and tender he is with the Eucharist. Well, you must be that way with Christ poor. Love for the Eucharist. A devout life in the midst of the world. Taking care of the poor looking after their spiritual benefit and their bodily benefit, even to the sacrifice of one's own physical life. This made St. Philip very fond of Julia. But there's something even more that he loved about her. She saw Christ as her bridegroom. This is not a nun. This is not some foundress of a religious order. This is a woman in the world who sees Christ as her bridegroom. St. Paul says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Christ looks at the church as his bride, but not just the church as a whole. St. Paul also says, I betrothed you to Christ as a virgin. 
betrothed to her husband. Each one of us, in fact, is meant to enter into a spiritual marriage with God. This is why there is no marriage in heaven. Because the soul enters into a total belonging to God, and God totally belongs to it. In an indissoluble bond to belong totally to the other, to be possessed by the other, and to possess the other. This kind of understanding of marriage is why each one of us is meant for to enter into a kind of marriage with God. Julia Orsini understood this divine love. She understood that the plan of the incarnation was that God the Son would love humanity as his bride, and that he would enter into an intimate union of divinity and humanity in the one person of Christ, that Christ himself is a kind of wedding between humanity and divinity, the two become one in him. And the plan for each of our lives is to seek union with Christ. And St. Philip Neri did not think you had to leave the world to do that. He didn't think you had to be a priest to do that. And so he chose this woman as an exemplar for all of his followers to bestow this grace of smelling the sweet odor of his body. St. Philip did never, never committed a mortal sin St. Philip, it seems, protected his virginity completely. This is what God's grace can do. Even if we haven't lived so devoutly in the past, let us beg St. Philip tonight to pray for us, that we might truly want to be devout. That we might be truly devoted to the Eucharist. That we might be truly devoted to Christ and the poor that slowly, slowly over time, we will come to understand Christ seeks a union with us that's best compared to a marriage. Not in its physical sense, but in the sense of a total belonging. He is mine and I am his. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.